So last week we were talking about this article um, written by, uh, it was an article about Jonathan Kahn. He's a Jew, Messianic Jewish rabbi. And he believes that the United States is in the middle of a great shaking where the nation may soon pass the point of no return except for a large-scale repentance from people. And so we were talking about that, and um, we're going to continue this week. So this week, we're going to continue with the article which says, a turnaround in America occurred, adding uh, that it was called Morning in America. The economy subsequently boomed, America's military prestige resurged, and the years that followed were the lead-up to the demise of the Soviet Union. He's saying that he literally saw God change the history of America and the world based on the prayers of his people. If that was needed then... It is all the more critical now. We are at a much more dangerous place, he stressed. And earlier this year, Dana Coverstone, which is a Pentecostal pastor from Kentucky, released several videos that ended up going viral in which he explained what he believed were prophetic dreams he had regarding the future of the United States. In one video about... He, he was interviewed on the Jim Baker show. He spoke of the month of September, wherein he saw a massive call to prayer, a movement for intercession and revival. 
In one particular dream that he saw the words, a solemn assembly, written across a calendar page for the month of September. Pastor Coverstone had no idea about the return. When he had that dream, Khan told the Christian Post, the return occurs during the 10 days of awe, the period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the first 10 days of the Hebrew month of Tishri, where Jews seek reconciliation with those they have offended and take time to reflect, repent, and practice acts of charity. And during this 10-day period, the most significant day exists on the Hebrew calendar, which falls which fell this year on September 26th, and it is called the day, uh, the day is called Shabbat Shuvah, which means Sabbath return. It is the day established to return to God specifically for a national return to him. And Joel 2 is a portion of scripture that is uh, read on Shabbat Shuvah, which speaks about the coming before God with repentance and consecrating a solemn assembly of prayer and fasting. So um, he said that we had no idea of the seeming coincidence of this day and the return. He says, when I look at the biblical template and I see it unfolding and coming to pass, I know the stakes here and the stakes are that if we do not return to God, then we may pass the point of no return that without revival, America is gone as we know it. And without repentance, there is no revival. Right, because I think you could pass the point of no return in the sense that within your spirit, if nothing, if because of God's mercy and his kindness and his grace and his long-suffering, people take that for granted. And you can get to a place in your mind where you don't desire to serve the Lord. You know, you can see that in Colossians and Philippians. So you don't, you don't have a desire to serve God. And then you're at, you're at the point of no return because your heart has become hardened and your conscience has become seared with like a hot iron. And, and you can't reach a person. I was thinking about how Paul was. Because Paul was so, there was nobody that was his peer. Nobody was his equal as far as language, as far as studies, as far as his birthright. So God himself had to deal with Paul because everybody else he considered to be basically beneath them. And you'll find that people get to the point where you can't reason with them. And then they, they think more of themselves than what they should. And the next thing you know, when you're trying to tell them the truth, they reject it. And then they, they go into perdition. So Jonathan Kahn this Messianic Jewish rabbi thinks that the shakings are not finished in America and people have long inquired of him if he sees calamity and judgment coming or revival. He always answers, there can be both. There can be shaking and things can get worse, but there can be revival at the same time. And in fact, sometimes revival will come through shaking. Right. And he says, many of us have come to the Lord because we were shaken. True. And I think that's what happened to a lot of people who ended up getting saved because something happened in their life. 
something happened in their family, something, somebody died, somebody, you know. Right, which that, is basically what happens with, with everyone is a reason. But, the, but sometimes when the Lord chastises us, the shaking of being chastised, the Lord does it so that people as a whole can repent, so that nations come to themselves. The Lord says he will send uh, certain conditions, certain pestilence, certain hardships, wars. Well, we're he, certainly going through a lot of hardships. Right. And he said, I do it so that the people can come to themselves and turn to him and ask for help and repent. He said, but instead, they harden their heart, they pull away, you know, become stiff-necked. Yeah, so he said, my sense is that the shaking is not over. But at the same time, there can be revival in the midst, and God will speak to us and use both. Right, because you always have that, that remnant. There's always those that are going to turn to the Lord. And by those who pray and intercede, others are spared. Others are given a chance. Others can see the light. It's just... It's just disheartening to see the church. You see so many churches falling into the into the hands and to the into the uh, wiles of the enemy, where they leave off following God's word and they follow after the tradition of men, and it's sad. So he says it may be, in fact, that America has become so deafened and so hardened to the voice of God. And I believe that mm -hmm. at this time in our, right. in our lives, at this time in our country, I, I do believe that America is, is very hardened to the voice of God. You can see it by... And life becomes cheap. So. The laws that they pass right. and what people do and shootings and killings and, and, and abortions and... And the insanity of it all, the, you know, calling evil good and good evil and in the face of what's logical and real and true, saying that's not true, that's not logical. I mean, it's stupid. You know, so because they won't accept the truth, they reject the truth, they accept the lie. So he feels like uh, we're so hardened to the voice of God that only through shaking will America hear the voice and will the people come back to God. And that may be the only way it has to happen. Yeah, the Lord had to bring America down a peg or two, but if that's the saving of the nation, if it saves the soul, then I'm all for it. Well, anyway, he has a ministry based in Wayne, New Jersey, at Beth Israel Worship Center, which is approximately 20 miles from New York. So um, I'm sure you'll be hearing more about him and more, you know, books that he writes and... and um, so I don't know, I was thinking about the Christmas season and I was just thinking about myself. And I think, I, I ran across an article on ibelieve.com and it was entitled, When Christmas Doesn't Feel Very Merry. Mm. You know, and I think the Lord had, in the last two weeks, the Lord had to do something for me. Uh, because, you know, I was I was. Uh, feeling very, very melancholy, very bittersweet. And, you know, I was looking through recipes and cookie recipes, and then I started thinking about all the things that 
you know, you did when you were growing up with your folks or with your siblings and, you know, every time I saw a recipe, I would say, oh, we baked that one and we did this one and then not, and now I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know if I can, what was the point? What's the point of making all these cookies? Who's going to eat them? <laughs> and, and everybody seems to have one kind of health issue or another and, but then your mind, I think the whole month of December was, you know, starting with like St. Nick on December 6th, you know, how you, we hung mm -hmm. stockings up. It was just a bunch of memories hitting me in my face the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm getting so melancholy, weepy and, and feeling so bad because as the time goes on, you lose people. You know, you have the precious memories, you have the memories, but somehow you still long for something. And what happens is that life happens and sin happens and your siblings aren't the same as they were when you were young, you know, and, and it's not just in my family, it's in other people's family. And, and so December 6th, which happens to be St. Nick's Day is bittersweet for me because that's the day that my father passed away. And so instead of associating it with something fun, while you remember it, you also remember a death, a loss, you know, and you sort of grieve. And in this article, it was talking about, you know, um, while this should be the, or <laughs> should be the most or can be, or is meant to be the most wonderful time of the year, it can bring up all kinds of mixed emotions. And, some, and sometimes you face a lot of heartache, you know. So in this article, she says uh, that three years ago, her husband and I experienced the first of several pregnancy losses over the Christmas period. Losing a baby at any time is incredibly painful. But during Christmas, it felt particularly cruel because everyone else around you is so excited and happy and, you know, and it's hard to drum up a bunch of joy when you just kind of feel a loss, you know. But, it, but that's like for everybody. It's not just a loss of a pregnancy. It could be, it could be anything. It's... Um, you know, you, have, you could have like a devastating diagnosis, health diagnosis. I, and especially this year, there's a lot of losses or a lack of jobs and lack of finances and lack of, um, and maybe relationships break down. There's divorces or um, uh, maybe you're going through something else that's very, very hard. You know... Life can disappoint you in a million different ways. It's, I remember growing up and I'm saying, when I, get, when I grow up and I'm on my own, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, and none of it turned out the way you thought it was going to turn out. Nothing. I don't care what it is. Nothing. But, you know, for a lot of people, being surrounded by cheer, festive cheer just highlights your hardship sometimes, you know. So I had to put away all those cookie recipes. I had to put away all the things, that, you know, that reminded me 
of what we did when we were kids. And um, life isn't the same. It definitely isn't the same. And, you know, so I kind of mourned over all that. And, um, and I had to pray about it and think about it and pray about it and think about it and pray again. And one day, and I remember telling you, my bathroom I think must be the most anointed place in the house. I don't know. I'm in the bathroom, and I'm washing my face. And I'm, ta I'm just talking to the Lord, and I'm telling him how I felt, you know, about everything. And then it was almost like time stood still, you know, and you could hear a pin drop. And then I opened up my eyes, and I looked, and it was as if the Lord is telling me, but that isn't what Christmas is about. Mm -hmm. That isn't. And so then I had to repent. I mean, I can't help I have all these emotions, you know, but for the last two weeks, uh, it was really pretty hard until the Lord just kind of brought me, reeled me back in and told me that, you know, it has nothing to do with So then when you really think about Christmas, and you really think about the birth of Jesus and why he came and what it means to you, you know, all of a sudden, all those cookies, <laughs> all those memories, they go, they, they get put in perspective. You know, it, it just is, um, I, I'm not saying it was wrong to think about it because they are memories. It's a part of my life. It's a part of, uh, and and my life is so completely different now, but I have Jesus. And when I think about being born in a manger, there were no Christmas cookies. <laughs> there were no stockings hung by the chimney with care. There were no Christmas trees. There were no traditions festivities. No chimney for Santa to come down. No, 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 no. No, he, but so I mean, the Lord you know allows what you I to mean. see through a spiritual eye. In a lot, and most of the people who are celebrating <coughs> Christmas, they see through uh, their eyes in a natural sense. And that's what I was doing. I was just looking at the natural, which the more I did, the worse I felt. The more I did, the more I cried. Because I longed for something that was long time ago, and I'm never going to have it back again. <coughs> and, and the fact that it's something that it, it perishes with, with this right, with, it does. With this world. Yeah. I mean, so people die. I may have a few ornaments, but I, I don't put up a tree anymore. I don't put, you know, I have all the ornaments and all the things. I have the memories in my heart, in my mind, you know, but I, I don't do any of the things like I used to do. But I can understand how some people feel. And if you don't get uh, pulled in to what's real, you can get so depressed. Right. You get caught up in, in your flesh. You get caught up in natural memories. So, I don't know. I, I saw this article, and I thought it was a, a kind of appropriate. It, it um, was talking about 
how God is with us. You know, it's okay to acknowledge um, your customs and traditions and your sadness and your joys. As long as they don't conflict with the word of God. You know, you can, you can, but uh, Matthew chapter one says a virgin will have a baby or I don't know, this isn't King James Version, but it says a baby boy, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that's what it is. If God wasn't with me to reel me in and tell me this isn't what it's all about, this Christmas isn't about what you remember it to be. At the very core of the Christmas story, it's, it, it, it has nothing to do with presents. And it has to do with salvation. And uh, it's Emmanuel. It, it means God is with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, beyond the nativity scenes, beyond the songs, beyond the, you know, God isn't that far off. He's not that distant. That's what the Lord said. He said, I'm right here. <clears throat> I'm now right here, right, right in your mouth, right where you just speak it. Just acknowledge me. Just call on me. You know, and all that sadness that I was feeling, all that, you know, pain and disappointment and sorrow, you know, that's wrapped up in the very first Christmas. You know, I can imagine how hard it was for Mary and Joseph. And he came to earth. He was born in human form because we were so sad, because we were lacking, because we were so... um, disappointed because we needed help. We needed him to come right. on earth. He, that was our gift. Right. That was our gift. When he, when, when he created the world, he had that in mind. He said because Jesus Christ was there, was designated, he himself said the, the body of his flesh, that God considers the body of his flesh, he named him Jesus from the beginning of the world. So when he designed the world, he designed it with the sacrifice in mind. From the very start, he knew that we would need an intercessor. Man, and it's a good thing because, you know, if you, allow your, if you didn't know Jesus and if you just sat there and thought about all this, there would be no, I mean, it's a hopeless right. feeling. It's such a hopeless. And people who won't accept the Lord, they'd be so depressed, they can't, they can't fight their way out of it. They can't climb out of it. Thank God he got my attention because I didn't want to feel so sad. I I mean, I put things in perspective. You know, things aren't the greatest in families and things aren't the greatest during this pandemic. Things aren't the greatest in job situations or health situations or, or, you know, things just aren't the greatest. But the greatest gift that we have is Jesus inside of us so that if we feel so bad... He comes to rescue you. I don't care if it's just to tell me or chastise me or whatever right. it is he, he was doing. Out of love to let you know that the Holy Ghost is real. Yeah, he that, comforts us. Yeah, and that's the best gift and present that anybody can receive. Right. The greatest gift the of greatest all. The greatest gift of all because nothing on earth, in this carnal earth, or if you look at it through a carnal lens, can compare. Right. It pales in comparison when you mean that 
when he came, salvation came. Right. When he came, you can be uh, cleansed and washed away from your sins. Right. When All your transgressions. Done away can be just washed away. You can be clean. You can have that fresh start. Right. Be connected to the Lord. So anyway, there are some uh, simple survival tips that a person can take. And, and the first one that this article says is don't struggle alone. You know, and they uh, use the scripture from Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two are better than one. So while... Um, and you have to make sure that, uh, you know, if, if you are going to look to someone to, to help, you know, they have to have a, a measure of faith where they're encouraged in the Lord themselves. I remember Elder Brown used to say he would get depressed the way you were just describing, and he would sit and listen to some blues record he put on a record, mm -hmm. and he would pour himself a drink, and he'd sit there and cry, <laughs> and then his friend would come in, and she'd sit there next to him, and she'd cry too. <laughs> so he said, that didn't help him at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't help you, you know. I was just so glad that God came in and, and you know, kind of took me by the shoulders and kind of shook me up and, and mm -hmm. talked to me. Right. But two are better than one. And if you don't have anybody, me personally, mm -hmm. you just thank God that you have Jesus. Amen. You just thank God that you have Jesus. Because, you know, a lot of times there, there isn't anybody around to help me right. do things, you know, but I tell the Lord that you're my better half. You're my other. You're my, you're the one who's got to help. You're the one who promised to help me. You know, but if you all your needs. But yeah. if you do have someone, but make sure that they're um, rooted and grounded in the faith. Right. Can't just be anybody. Right. Because sometimes <laughs> you do need someone to talk to. Call your pastor. Call. Um, and then it says, "Give yourself grace." So James four six. But he gives more grace. He gives grace to those that need it. Um, it says make space for your sadness, but based on Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, and, and certainly God will comfort you. And let the Lord comfort. You know, mm -hmm. some people, it almost seems like they relish in being miserable. No, let the Lord comfort you. Let the Lord bring you up. And then the most valuable one, I think, is to practice gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Mm -hmm. So be thankful in everything and for everything. Right. And the more you start thinking about all the things that you're thankful for, all the things that he brought you out of, all the things that he did for you, you can't help but start to feel better. Right, and if you thank God for things that you don't even really understand, you don't know why, you don't know the reasoning behind it, you can't understand why it was done, the Lord hasn't uh, given you an answer yet, but you thank him simply because he's God. Right. So there are the other two, choose generosity, and, and, and I'm not even going to talk about that because many people just cannot be generous. But the way you can be generous, I think, is by praying for people. You can be very generous with your prayers for others. And then it says, prioritize rest and self-care. Just take care of yourself. So those are the tips for having a very Merry Christmas and putting things in perspective. Um, Jesus will help you. 
Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalm chapter 97, verse 10. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the soul of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. If you part, last week's food for thought was, if you partner with a thief, what happens to you? And the answer is you end up hating your own soul. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 24, which reads, Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing and bewrayeth not. This week's food for thought is, where did the idea of paying taxes come from? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.